0: Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
1: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything. 24 7 365 days of the year let's all take a moment to talk more than football
0: on behalf of everybody at the city report podcast we'd like to congratulate arsenal football club on their premier league title win oh no wait we're only eight games in it's monday the 9th of october i'm amos murphy i'm andrew dapner and this is the city report podcast Welcome back to a brand new week, listeners. And by accident or design, it seems like whenever City get a defeat, you send in the big guns. It's Andrew and I yet again. Um yeah, it's it's another it's another defeat for City, the first back-to-back Premier League loss since 2018, as the stat flying around ahead of the weekend's so fixtures told us. I guess we'll jump straight into it then, Andrew, because um, as has been the case on this show in the last two, three, four weeks, this season, really, there's plenty of talking points to delve into. Initial thoughts then in terms of that defeat against Arsenal, um, for me, frustrating one. I don't necessarily think City deserve to lose. I don't think City deserve to win. I think a nil-nil, if we've ever seen one before, was probably the scoreline that should have been at full-time at the Emirates. But, alas, City lose 1-0. And, I guess, the wider picture, people will say that's where titles won and lost. Right? Is it? I don't know. I, I don't know where we're at anymore. <laughs> um, I feel I, like we've we've all been a bit skewed. I think if you were trying to say in
2: that on October 8th, a match was a title decider, that's insane. Mm. Like, the, mm. is, Some this match are, in, is this match important? Sure. Um, I will say The Athletic did a really great article talking about how important matches between the winner of each season and then second place really are. And it's kind of like, they really usually aren't that important. And frankly, last seasons, I don't think are that important from the standpoint of, there's a whole lot of other things that mattered a lot more than mm. City's points to Arsenal, and I do think, from like a momentum perspective, from a belief perspective, you can argue that. But I think that's hard to quantify. But I mean, look, City created 0.55 expected goals, Arsenal created 0.41, and they scored off of a post shot xG shot of
0: 0.08. For the last, the the less statistical literate of you out there that is sweet fuck all to put it into perspective. That is nothing that we're we're talking about. uh, 0.4 XG is basically a half Erling Carlin chance.
2: Yeah. I mean, so city city only had four shots um, total in the game. We had one in the fourth minute, one in the fifth, one in the 58th and one in the 34th. Um, And the majority of our XG came from the Ake and Gavardio chances in the first, you know, five minutes. Which after that, Arsenal I think did a really good job of shutting City down. And um, hat tip to John McKenzie who you know said, "Look, the story of the City versus Arsenal or Pep versus Arteta matches has been Arsenal has gotten increasingly more conservative out of possession each time in an attempt to limit what City did." Um, and he also you know said, "You combine that approach with City lacking Rodri." this match was always going to turn into the trench warfare that it was. And yet, like, I just, I can't be upset that city lost because a shot that Edison had covered and that Ake did what he was supposed to do, which is get in front of it. And it just tragically hit him in the face to deflect into the bottom. Co- like that's, mm. that's, that's the game.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, it's one of those stark realizations about exactly what football is. And we can spend all week building up to clash. We can analyse, we can predict the team. I mean, by God, I must have spent about four hours of my life this week predicting what the midfield would be like for City against Arsenal at the Emirates Stadium, where the game would be won, who would be the important players. And in the end, after 90 minutes, it's a Nathan Ake deflected shot that decides the two teams. I mean, that's, that's why we love the sport. If City had won it like that, we'd been jumping on here saying how fantastic City are, how we're going to go and do the quintuple or whatever it might be. That's just a sport. And and I think we do need to add a little bit of perspective into this. City has six wins out of eight Premier League matches so far this season. I think if you'd offered that to anybody going into the October international break, they'd have taken it. But I guess we do have to address the issues that are there. I don't necessarily think there is, um, I don't know, damaging uh, as some people are suggesting. I don't think we're in sort of crisis mode even still. Um, obviously, it's been a it's been a rough couple of weeks. Let's put it that way, but I don't think we need to start pressing the panic buttons. Being said, team selection when it dropped. I was a little bit confused as to what the plan was, and I think having watched the ninety minutes, obviously you and I had different viewpoints, but I, I, I think anyway, we come to the same conclusion. It looked like City were without a plan, or at least the plan was to not have to go to any sort of other plan, just start the game as the scoreline started and then finish it as the scoreline finished. You know, it looked like City wanted a nil-nil, basically.
2: Yeah, I mean, that it shouldn't surprise anyone, I think. Um, matches like this, Pep has historically tried to control the game more than anything else, and that's what City did, I think, particularly well in the first half. Um, I think Arsenal adjusted at the break and did a really good job of growing into the game and taking it to City a little bit more, although even then, this game was all about just stuff in the midfield and... You know, both final thirds I think were largely irrelevant, um, which is why you have a game being decided by a deflected goal in the 86th minute. Um, <laughs> but it, to me, I think the issue was as much as City's midfield. I mean, one, I think the two early yellow cards to Bernardo and Kovacic really limited City's mm. ability to do much. I would have made the switch for Nunez. I would have done it at the half. Frankly, um, to counteract okay. that, but but I think even which beyond is interesting
0: that, considering Nunez came off at halftime against Wolves, and I think there's a lot of talk about why that necessarily happened at Wolves and whether or not it was a, uh, the fact that Nunez played for Wolves was a part to mm-hmm. play in it. Do you think maybe this time Guardiola was a little bit slow in terms of making that change?
2: I, I think he was a little bit slow, and I think also the the issue I have is one. Um, Kovacic has that second challenge that uh, in my opinion, it's not, it doesn't have to be a yellow, but if you've Mm. already gotten a yellow that has been checked by VAR for serious foul play, that was an incredibly reckless decision to make. And if he had been sent off, it's it's foolish. I like, I just, I would not like if any city fan would say, if that had, if he'd been sent off, that would have been outrageous and an injustice. I'd be like, no, that's an entirely valid thing for (laughs) Oliver to do. Like I, I was a little stunned that he wasn't. like To me, I didn't think it was another yellow card, but I it could have been. But I think you combine that with the fact that our front line was Alvarez, Holland, Foden, who Foden can keep possession a little bit, but he's very direct. And then you have Holland and Alvarez who are both very direct players. I just don't think with the lineup and the approach that Arsenal had that we had the players on the pitch to counteract a team that was going to mm-hmm. just tried to strangle the life out of the game. We needed Jack on the pitch. Like I just that mm-hmm. to me that it was as simple as it was. Yeah, maybe he just makes simple back passes, but there were a large portion of this game that if someone had just done that, I think
0: we get a result. Yeah. I, I actually think um I can't remember who it was. It might have been Sam Lee, it might have been David Mooney, apologies, but somebody basically said who was City's man of the match? Was it Guardiola? And for me, as perverse as it sounds, I actually think Jack Grealish was City's man of the match, because that 90 minutes was a perfect example of, granted, it isn't the prettiest, it isn't the most eye-catching, he isn't doing gritties down the line, and, and that isn't a slight at Jeremy Docker, he's fantastic, and when he came on, he he made a difference. But he gives you something that no other player in that position will want to give you, because granted, it is conservative. And and you know, I'm not I'm not saying I'm not suggesting that Jack Grealish is the most exciting eye-catching winger in world football. What he does can be a little bit frustrating at times, and I would like to see him, although he has never been this, take his man on a little bit more because I do think he has the quality to do that. However, when you get into those positions when you're trying to sustain attacks, especially against a big team like Arsenal, and the reaction to the victory from the Arsenal side, I think, has been a little bit disproportionate. I do, and having been at the stadium, I can tell you for a fact it felt at full time as if it was a World Cup final. um I think David reyer did a 40 yard sprint to do a knee slide at, uh, at the final whistle. However, Jack Grealish in those big matches against big clubs like Arsenal away from home, when they are playing good football, and you do need to keep possession a little bit more in and around the opposition box gives you something that no other, no other winger is able to do. And, and I, I feel that. Like, I don't know if this is revisionary of me, Andrew, but in the three matches, and thank Christ, this torturous period is over. Rodri, hopefully, fingers crossed, barring injury over the international break, will be back for the Brighton game. But do you feel like Guardiola has tried to fix a problem that might not necessarily have been there? in terms of the way he's tried to mould the team in Rodri's absence. And, and granted, Rodri offers so much um, in and out of possession, but do you feel like he's tried to maybe change the parts a little bit too much to a, to, a part, to, to a case where things just do not look anything like they should have done? I mean, like let's go back to Leipzig. You and I did the reviews of that show. We said the, the main takeaway was City looked like City that is the most City performance we've seen for any time this season. Take Rodri out of it and suddenly it's a different team, which is fair enough. But do you feel like Guardiola's maybe tweaked things a little bit too much? Is that fair to say? I don't know. I don't don't, don't know. I I, I think it is. And
2: frankly, I think that if you asked me which player should be dropped between the Leipzig match and this one. Now, obviously, I, I think, you know, Uh, Rodri was going to have to not be in the lineup. So then it's a question of who do you put Mm. there? Um, I don't think a double pivot of Kovacic and Bernardo was the worst decision. Um, But to me, to drop Grealish for Alvarez. Now I get Alvarez comes on and wins the match for City. But I would almost argue that that would have been, he would have been a better sub off the bench after Mm. you've tired Arsenal than having him the whole time. Now, you know, he does get that great pressure on David Raya early on that could have easily ended up in the back of the net and maybe it's a different story. But to me, I just think that the team... I don't get how, if you know you're not going to have Rodri, how you think, oh, we don't need someone like Grealish to help keep possession and mm. the defensive work that he does. I think that was very missing. And I think also something that City fans... and it It's interesting because I, I don't hear it much in um, football, the discussion about how many road games or away matches in a road you have. Um that's much more prevalent in other sports. But this was a brutal run of four away fixtures in 12 mm. days. Yeah. So that's they were on the road tell, playing.
0: Tell me about it. I, I know. It, yeah. it was a brutal
2: run. Yeah. And so I think, you know, look, it it's just the way the fixtures felt that this mm. I think, you know, if this had been earlier in this run, maybe City aren't where they were, but like I could see that I think these players were a little bit just like worn out and like, I get it's a long season, but being away from home that often for that, like that's just extra travel and extra, you know, Mm. fatigue that you wouldn't otherwise get. So it's, to me, it's not the end of the world. Um, I do think again, that Pep, I think Pep just made it a bad call by not having Grealish start. Um, And I think, I think you have him start. He wears down Arsenal's defense. He helps city kind of keep ticking on without Rodri. And then you could bring on someone like Alvarez or Doku for him in the 65th, 70th minute. And they're on fresh legs to go against Arsenal's back line. But that's not what happened, but we're in third place. Like you said, we've won six of eight. Everything is fine.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that. Um, it has been a brutal run of away fixtures. I'm excited for a cold shower and a lie down after what has been an arduous couple of weeks. But I mean, it, it, <sighs> I don't want to be that guy who's constantly like, "Oh, look at what we've got! How special we are!" Because I think criticism is valid, and, and we have criticised. But at the same time, I saw someone describe it as the worst start City have had in living memory. And
2: uh, uh, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I,
0: I, unless I mean, unless you're like twelve months old, yeah. it's just an absurd thing to say. Well, I'm just
2: remembering what what season is it where City give up five goals to Leicester, like. Is that, was mm. that last season? Was that two seasons ago? Three. Three 2020, 2021, 20, 20, yeah. Yeah, that season. That's the worst start. We were terrible. Like yeah. We were awful. Objectively, <laughs> that defense was in horrendous shape.
0: And still won the double. Um, yeah. So, I guess, as you say, everything will be okay. Um, that'll do for part one. Join us after the break as we can sin- continue the dissection from the Arsenal def- Away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The Etihad Stadium really is wonderful at this time of the season, and the same goes for McDelivery. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants 18+, plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply, see mcdonalds.com.
1: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
0: Welcome back to the City Report podcast. Um, A little shortened show for you today. We'll be back throughout the week, continuing the look. Back at the Arsenal defeat, but just initial raw reactions, I guess. And. Let's turn it into, and this is possibly where you and I come to heads, because let's turn it into a bit of an emotional discussion in the final part. Arsenal made it out as if it was a... I don't, this is, and, and again, I'm emotionally conflicted. A bigger win than it was. And I don't like saying that because fans are entitled to, to support and, and to celebrate as much as they want. However, Andrew from your famously non-emotional side of things, what do you think this result does going forward in terms of the Arsenal versus City debate? Does this mean, come May, Arsenal have a better chance of winning the Premier League title? It it means fuck all. Like, truly.
2: (laughs) And here's why. that's why
0: why we've got you on here. (laughs) Here's why. I'm not even saying that emotions
2: don't matter. But... Act like you've been there before. True. True. Exactly. This, this is I'll drink to that. the The reaction that Arsenal had at full time this whistle reminds me of Liverpool in fourteen fifteen and how they reacted. You know when they were mm-hmm. in the lead. When you know we we saw it with Liverpool in the first title race that they were ahead and they were like, "Oh, we don't care about you know what anyone says about us, and we're going to live off a like if you live by emotion, you die by emotion." Mm. And that has been this, that has been Arsenal's biggest issue, um, you know, last season and even it, they feed off emotion. So when things start to go wrong, it's a lot easier for things to really start to go wrong. If you play with that much emotion rather than, you know, oh, bad result comes in, you say, you know, it's in the past, move on. Um, and that's the it's what Pep does. It's what Cities players have largely done is they are clearly emotional and they love this sport and they love to win mm. that they, they're going to have forgotten about this result by, you know, Monday or Tuesday, they're going to, they're going to be on to the next result and they're going to continue to do what they do. Like, so I like, it does matter in the sense that I think our, mm. it will help Arsenal's belief, but having that belief eight matches into this season, like that does doesn't, it doesn't mean anything like ultimately there are 30 more matches to come. If Arsenal blows a a game against West Ham, the way that, you know, Newcastle did like all of those things could happen. Mm. And that just like, we get so focused on, Oh, this fixture matters, but that like, it's not about, and it's why someone like Pep has, is absurdly good because Mm -hmm. over the course of 38 matches, he keeps the level so high and so consistent and, Everyone focused and they succeed. Treating the result like that today, that is the type of thing that if you're in a knockout tournament and it's you know six, seven games to victory, like yeah, riding that emotional high works, but you can't
0: ride an emotional high to Mm. a league title. No, no, you certainly can't. I think Liverpool supporters, ex players, especially going back to those sort of twenty fourteen title races, will testify to that and the emotional high they were on for so long and then suddenly oh look an indiscriminate slip from Steven Gerrard and then your title's gone you know that happens Um, I I will say though uh, you you mentioned uh, the head-to-heads and and I think it's important to note that last season City finished five points clear of Arsenal having drawn against Brighton in the penultimate game of the season and having lost against Brentford in the final game of the season so that's a five-point swing not taken into account two matches where City fielded a, a weakened inside. Mm-hmm. So, yes, these head-to-heads, are basically what I'm getting at, these head-to-heads are important, but say Arsenal take six points off City this season, the gap from last season, City probably would have still been ahead anyway. So, you know, like you say, 30 more games. Um, and actually, funnily enough, I'll bring it back up now because it's it's entirely relevant, but my hot take for the season was Arsenal beat City home and away but City still finish ahead of Arsenal in the league table. And I'm delighted to say, everyone, the only small takeaway from this weekend's game is that that is still on to be the case. Um, So finally then, to wrap up, I I, I agree, I I completely agree, and I'm just playing the devil's advocate host here, but do you feel like perhaps maybe this game for Arsenal was won in the 1,056th minute, Added time at Wembley Stadium in the community shield where a, another deflected goal goes in for Arsenal. Um, was it Trossard? I can't remember. Yeah, it was Trossard deflected. Yeah, it goes in, they get a penalty shootout, they win on penalties. Suddenly, that who do we speak about has been lifted again against uh City on Sunday. They get a deflected goal. Like, it's easy for us to sit here and say, Yes. Those games don't matter. So the the heads-to-heads don't necessarily matter. It was a deflected goal. But in the Arsenal camp, they have had this barrier, this mental barrier for so long, they cannot get a result against City. And and to be fair, I think they, they probably deserved a couple um, when Rodri scored on New Year's Day in 2022, 2021-22 um, yep. season. You know, they probably deserved a point there. They probably deserved a win, to be honest. I think it was a softish uh, red card for the Arsenal player that day. City go on and win. Uh, you know, it, it feels like they've been due a victory or a, a result of some sort but do you not feel like deep down just getting that result could potentially in terms of the wider title race, not necessarily the head to heads against city be a bit of an issue because they're still unbeaten. I mean, that, that is that shocked me on the way home looking at it. I was like, "Oh Jesus Christ!" That you know, the second from top in the table um, is is it's hilarious that they beat City and didn't go top, and the team who were top of Spurs. But that's a completely different question for another day. Um, but you know, they're unbeaten. They've beat City. The 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 flying. Um, although I'm contradicting myself again. The worse off than this part. Of last season it's a fucking weird season man it's a weird season
2: and so it's the it's the point i I made at the beginning of the season which i think arsenal improved as a team in the offseason but will likely have a worse statistical season Mm. in terms of output than they did last year because they so overshot and overran their skis i mean if that table was i mean basically they just got incredibly lucky for six months Um, and allowed them to be way out in front of city. They stopped getting lucky city continued to play at the level they were at and city ended up winning. They should have been behind us by like, it was something like 12 to 15 points. I think like the, the actual Mm. gap was much shorter than what the underlying data would have said. And so far Arsenal's numbers across the board this season, in terms of like actual kind of the underlying numbers, some of them are a little worse, but, a few of them better, but their terms of output and their points tally, like they're not doing as well, but they're still a better team than they were. Mm. I still think that they're going to fall short to city. I get your, I get your point. I would say, look, city beat Liverpool at Anfield during the COVID, you know, the no fans in the stand season. I I don't think that broke the hoodoo for us, like being able to beat them at Anfield, right? Beating us at Wembley. Sure. Maybe that helped a little bit. But this game, like, I think if one of Rodri or KDB is there, then City would Mm. have won this handedly. Um, This was just a Arsenal played incredibly conservative. City also did, and City didn't have the one moment of magic to unlock it. But if they have a moment of magic, it's either a draw or a win. It's either a draw Mm. for both teams or it's a win for City, in my opinion. And so, you know, we'll see what happens in the reverse fixture. Um, When is that? April? March? I can't remember when.
0: Oh God, no! I don't know. Um, I don't I'm just know. But
2: like, you know, sure. later in the season, like it'll be. Yeah, I, I think that that you know at that point we're gonna have a much better understanding of where all these teams are. I do think this title will be a much closer fight, and I do think that mm. there's a chance that it's not just two teams; it could be three. Um, I still am not sure if I believe that Spurs are real, um, or if Liverpool will overcome kind of the misfires they seem to have to be that third team, but. I mean, I think, I think we could be looking at a more interesting title race than we have in a while, but ultimately I just think city's quality will shine through and they, you know, should come out on top, but it was a good win for Arsenal today. So
0: hats off to them and,
2: Mm. you know, we'll go again.
0: I actually don't think Arsenal in that sort of last ten minutes necessarily wanted to win the game, and obviously they wanted to win the game, but I don't think they were playing in a manner Correct. where it suggested that they were really hell bent on trying to win the game. And City weren't. And and I guess we'll, we'll have analysis throughout the week. Obviously, the burning question on a lot of people's lips has been Erling Haaland. Don't worry, we're gonna we're gonna chat about Erling Haaland. We're gonna chat about everything throughout the week. It's um it's a long international break when you lose a game just before it you know it it does it does open up some um, some questions to be answered and hopefully we can deliver them throughout throughout the next 7 14 days whenever it might be but i i don't necessarily think arsenal wanted to go and win that game i think they'd have been very happy with a point think city would have been very happy with a point and what is it a long ball it gets chested down and it gets deflected you know that that is football that is that is football um andrew let's finish then um because i feel like this has been a bit of a therapy session for me more than anyone um hopefully the listeners have have felt the same you know sit down with with data detmer and then you'll (laughs) everything will be okay but let's finish with some bold emotional takes and um I'll, i'll take my stranglehold back onto it give me your top six for the end of the season based on nothing but irrationality from the first eight games of the season so far. You know, City in crisis, to having the worst starts of season of all time, famously. Um, you know, what do you expect to happen? Tottenham Hotspur, top of the league. I said it before, it's a weird season. I won't be surprised if there's a weird ending to it. But what do you think the top six will look like come maybe... The- <sighs> I don't even know the end of the season. We're far too far away. Which says everything, doesn't it? That is the takeaway from today. If you can't name the final date of the season, then don't worry about who's top of the league.
2: Yep. So I'm will. i going to do this from sixth to first.
0: That's what we like. That's the drama. Build it up. Like Chris Tarrant.
2: In sixth place, Aston Villa.
0: Ooh. Okay. I don't hate it.
2: In fifth place, Newcastle. Still livering. In fourth place, Liverpool. Ooh. In third place, Tottenham Hotspur. Okay. In second place, okay. your Gunners, Arsenal. And yeah. in first
0: place, City. You know, it'd have been really funny if you just said Manchester United. <laughs> and, just, and just left it there and, and we'd have just cut off, we'd have cut off to the outro music and that would have been it you just said United top City outside the top 6 I don't, um, I don't
2: think I can in good faith put a team that uh, has a negative 3 goal difference and is sitting in 10th <laughs> uh, winning the league um, City's yeah. had some bad starts to a season but that's there's, <laughs> they're apocalyptically bad Oh funny. I, um it's a I, shame. I, I, it's a shame. Bright- Brighton play. could also be in there. I just worry that I think that they're they they're ropey this season, as we've seen. Mm. I mean they just they're conceding like almost two and a half goals a match. And I just don't think you can make top six doing
0: that. Yeah. Um it, it would it would be it would be a wild comeback. Um, okay, my top six then. I've just jotted it down and I've not really applied much thinking to this. So I might say it out loud and it might it might sound ridiculous, but here we go. Um, sixth, Manchester United, just about final day, scraping into the Europa League in true fashion. Um, fifth, Newcastle United. Fourth, Tottenham Hotspur. Third, Chelsea oh shit I've left Arsenal oh fuck I was going to say it was like what is going on here <laughs> oh dear me um, bump everyone down bump everyone down one um, yeah. so Chelsea finished fifth Newcastle finished sixth oh Jesus Christ I've messed oh my god forget it forget it forget it call it off yeah. call it a day call it a day uh, City win the league as they always do that'll do for us today um, Andrew thank you very much I'm going to go and lie down in oh, a dark always a pleasure Amos yeah, yeah, I'd never think about this game ever again, which I think is is probably the, the best course of action at this point. Um, I'm brief. Thank you very much, listeners. Like I said, we'll be back throughout the week with plenty of analysis, a little bit more. Um, hard-thinking stuff than me adding seven teams to the top six, but I guess that's what you come here for. Until next time, listeners, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. We'll see you later.
1: on 16-123. That's 16-123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
0: Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end of season running with Delivery. Great food delivered right to your door. By using Delivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running. And just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it order mcdelivery now on the mcdonald's app are you in at participating restaurants only 18 and plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com this podcast is proud to be part of the talk sport fan network talk sport powered by fans